Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, here we are. It's football season, huh? Dan Cilio, National Football Show. Appreciate you coming aboard with us. We got exhibition football tonight, tomorrow, all weekend long. I know some of you are saying, Chills, you're not going to go crazy over exhibition football. You know what's nuts? In light of the fact that we didn't have an exhibition year last year, I think you're going to see great ratings for these games. I think you're going to see a lot of interest from football fans in these games because we didn't have it last year. You know, there was a lot of manipulating of the schedule last year. They blew up the preseason. And there's great storylines going into the exhibition season. Okay, so make no mistake about it. There's storylines at least going in to the exhibition season. So I'm going to start in Dallas. I was going to start in Philadelphia. Nick Sirianni came out today and refused to name Jalen Hurts the starter going into the 2021 season. So I want to expand on that. But I am going to start in Dallas. So this morning, and really it started last night, Dak Prescott is going back for another MRI. By the way, just so everyone knows, MRIs, I've had like 30 of them. Nobody gets MRIs unless there's something wrong. Somebody will go to you and they'll go like this. How do you feel? It still hurts. Let's get an MRI. Remember something about an MRI. It gives you a visual of the area that's in question that there could be some potential damage. So is there chances of misdiagnosing when you look at that particular area? Absolutely. And with the second MRI now on the shoulder, they called the Texas Rangers. They called the New York Yankees. The Dallas Cowboys did. They were talking about throwing shoulders. The guy needs rest. Is there an issue in Dallas with Dak Prescott? I think there was a lot of things that came out of that so-called tweet. If you go back and you take a look at the Dallas Cowboys Twitter page, the Dallas Cowboys are telling people, get this, basically what they did was they threw a smoke signal out that said this, and if you read through the lines in this tweet, hey, Dax people want to get another MRI on the shoulder. Don't panic. Okay? So he's getting a second opinion. When you ask for a second opinion, you're pretty much thinking that maybe the team doctor didn't diagnose it right, and so you're going to another expert to get his thoughts on what this shoulder looks like. Remember something. We're not even talking about his injury that knocked him out of last year, right? We're not even talking about the ankle and all that, the knee. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about a throwing shoulder. So this is completely something new. I want to start it out with how the message was also said. Guess who broke the story when it came to the Dallas Cowboys, who went out publicly and said it? 
it was Stephen Jones, not the head coach. So I would throw this at you here. And Krause and I, before we went on the air, we were talking about how hard it is to coach in Dallas. So the head football coach has no say in the news of his quarterback. It was the CEO, by the way, who came on our show here, the National Football Show. You can go back on the Jacob Media channel, and he had some raving reviews about Dak in the upcoming season. Did Stephen Jones? He was on our airwaves. And you go back and listen to that interview at any time. Fantastic stuff that he brought here to the National Football Show. But there's no question the number two guy in charge of that football team behind Jerry Jones is Stephen Jones. Then it's the head football coach. The head football coach in Dallas is just a it's, – it's, it, it, it's, it's really when you say head coach, there's really not a lot of punch behind it because this is an organization that's run from upstairs. I've said this before. How many championships can you name with an organization that runs their football team from the owner's box? You can't name any. Nobody runs a football team and directs a football team and is control of the personnel or the head coach from the owner's box. It's impossible. I was making a comparison between the Patriots and the Cowboys. The Cowboys are notorious for overpaying people, which means you overhype people. Ezekiel Elliott, really think he's a top five back? I think you'd be lucky to tell me if he's a top ten back. Amari Cooper, the guy that got from Oklahoma a year ago, CeeDee Lamb's already better. You gave up a first-round draft choice for the dude. Dak, we think Dak's a top-five guy. I don't know, maybe 10. Every guy on that football team, Jalen Smith, is overpaid and overhyped. You know why? Because he's a cowboy. It's like being on the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. And I say this with respect. If you're on an undefeated national champion football team and you had a productive year, you're going to have great kudos from NFL scouts on you because you played in a great system. You won a boatload of games. But when you get on an island and you go into another team in the NFL and you don't have the same personnel or coaching around you, all of a sudden you look at it and you go like this. Holy cow, man. This guy's not a very good football player. Remember that running back out of Alabama, Richardson? I think he was a top five pick. The guy sucked. And it was because he was in a great system. Now, look, I'm not suggesting to you Bama kids turn out to be bad players in the NFL. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're hyped when you're at great places, when you're at places that have like the eye in the sky on you all the time, like the Dallas Cowboys do. The Dallas Cowboys for the last 25 years have three playoff wins. As a football organization, they don't win a lot of games. And some would say, well, look at all the talent they've had. Again, talent, that's something that the media puts on an emphasis on when we're looking at particular players. I keep telling you this, and I use the Patriot dynasty with Brady as the litmus test, you mean to tell me you think Amendola or you think Welker or you think Edelman, any one of those guys was a top 10 wide receiver at any time in Brady's career? 
any time. You could name 10 receivers in front of any one of those guys. They all worked within a system, though. Hey, hyping players and getting results from a system is completely different. DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. He's won nothing. Odell Beckham, one of the most talented wideouts in the NFL. He's won nothing. Larry Fitzgerald's winning as a wide receiver is limited. I know they got to a Super Bowl, but he's not been littered with winning his entire career. These wideouts and some of these players that people have overhyped, you never look at the most important thing. That is the result on your one loss record. And in Dallas, it's a flawed system. Look, does Jerry Jones have great passion for winning? Absolutely. Does Steven have great passion? Does Dak? Of course. Does Mike McCarthy? Of course. That's like asking me and thanking me for not robbing a bank. Of course, these guys are pro dudes. You're in that position for a reason, because of your resume and because of what people think of you. Absolutely. But at the end of the day here, when you've got a general manager or you've got a VP of operations talking about the roster instead of the coach, have you ever heard Bob Kraft in your life talk about personnel decisions on the New England Patriots when uh, Brady and Belichick were in New England? Have you ever heard that? Did you ever hear Bill and Bob Kraft talking about game day decisions on who's going to be on the roster, like you hear in Philly. No. When you have people that are not qualified to be in charge of personnel decisions, coaching hirings, play calling, it's a remedy for disaster. Now, some would say, well, Jerry's a football guy. Really? How do you think that? Because he played college football? That makes me an expert then. Are you so I have as much and I could run the Dallas Cowboys then? Yeah, okay. Mike Mayock did. If Mike Mayock could go off the NFL network, I guess I probably can. My point is, Jerry Jones has gotten in his own way. A coach in that system cannot be a coach. He cannot be a coach. Mike McCarthy did not. He wasn't the voice that said that Dak is going for another MRI. Hey, are you concerned about it? I hear people doing this. Well, he's just getting a checkup. A checkup? MRI? Why did you make it public then? What was the point of that? Are you doing it for news? Are you doing it for relevancy? God, you're the Dallas Cowboys. You really don't need any more relevance. You are the most relevant team on the planet. Look at your value. Is it ego? Is it just really wanting to be the headline of the day? Dak Prescott going in for MRI. What, what, what purpose does that serve? It's self-defeating, actually. It is. You're just like, what's the point of that? It just made no sense. I was like, okay. He's going in for another MRI. Did anybody ask him? Or was that just offered up? The way I'm reading it on the social media Twitter page is that it was offered up and Steven said something about it. So the Cowboys felt compelled to come out publicly and say, 
Dak Prescott, not the Cowboys, are giving another MRI. But Dak wants an MRI, and he's going in for another one. Number two. Okay, is there structural damage? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to play fortune teller here. My whole thing was the way that it was delivered, the message. The Cowboys distanced themselves from the second MRI, which obviously they're not a fan of. The head coach made no comment about it. It was the owner's son that came out and said it. So we now know this, the owner's son and the owner have complete control of that roster. There is no getting around that. And, and you know how you even know more of that? So when they initially hired Mike McCarthy, think about this for a second. What was Mike McCarthy known for in Green Bay? He was known as a play caller. That was one of the riffs that Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy had in Green Bay. What happens when he gets to Dallas? I thought this was a red flag immediately. What does Jerry do? Jerry keeps Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, on the coaching staff, and Kellen Moore's calling plays. So now you have Mike McCarthy in the building. I thought he was hired because he was a play caller. What the hell else was Mike McCarthy hired for? Because he ran a great team in Green Bay? That's not what some of the players were saying up there. Because he ran a benchmark franchise? I don't know. That relationship with Aaron Rodgers and McCarthy did not end well. Or with some of the players that were on that team. And for the record, look at the last two years. Matt LaFleur rolls in there, no coaching experience whatsoever as a head guy, and he's 26-6. and six. I don't know. It's pretty impressive, you ask me. I get, and, he, and he's put his team in two NFC championship games. Mike McCarthy is one in three in championship games. I know you could look at LaFleur and go, well, he's 0-2. I get it. Those are his first two years coaching the Green Bay Packers. My point is, when I was watching all this today, I'm like, who's in charge? Who's in charge of the football team? It ain't Mike McCarthy. You know, I was talking to my guys prior to coming on the air, and I was like, look at Jason Garrett, what he did. You know, some of you are going to go like this. Jason Garrett's a bum. Really? So everything that you do in your particular job, and your owner questioned it every day, or the son questioned it, or you wanted to hire somebody, and they hired him for you. You didn't have a say in people that were going to be hired around you. Hell, you didn't even have say in the players that are around you. How do you think Jason Garrett did in Dallas? He had no control of the roster. He had no control of his coaching staff. He probably, the only thing he kind of had control of was the play calling, and how many times do you think he must have said this, I don't have the right personnel groupings to really execute my style of offense, and he had a change to Jerry and Stevens' personnel on the roster. When you're building your play calling and your game plan and your playbook around the owner's coaching staff and his personnel, what kind of coach are you? I thought when coaches were hired, they had a vision. This is what I want to execute. This is what I want to do. Here's what I need to make that done. Bill Polian, Tony Dungy told me this a long time ago. Bill Polian, as soon as Tony Dungy got fired in Tampa Bay, it wasn't less than eight hours that Polian was on the phone 
with Tony Dungy, wanting him to be the head coach of the Colts. Flat out, and he goes, listen, I'm not going to get in your way. Tell me what a Tony Dungy guy is, and I'll do my damnedest to make sure I bring Tony Dungy guys into the Indianapolis Colts for you. I need to have a profile. Jimmy Johnson told me this a long time ago, too. It's funny. It's almost like an FBI profiler. You know the guys that go after those serial killers? It's funny because you know why? The good personnel people are profilers, and it could probably profile for the FBI because it's not important who the name on the back of the jersey is. It's whatever comes out of the machine. That player fits the system. Jimmy would say this. I need this guy. He's got to be smart. He's got to be dedicated. And you know this. It didn't start with height and weight. It didn't start with anything except he's got to be smart. He's got to be committed. Because if you're bringing players to Jimmy Johnson or you're bringing players to Bill Belichick, that's a given that they're good. That's your job to find good players. Now you got to figure out if those guys fit in. When you have owners making those decisions for coaches, you're defeating the purpose of having a great coach in the building. You know the guys that hire? Get this, especially in broadcasting, this is notorious. And this is, they, they act exactly like NFL guys. They'll see somebody that they really like in broadcasting, okay? Somebody who's just dynamic, uh, doing this, you know, streaming or doing national radio or TV or what have you. That guy's spectacular. As soon as you hire the guy, you try changing the guy. You bring him in. You want him to do this. You add a component to his show, which he's going to hate, and so are they going to hate the team around him. Then you start an adversary relationship. Before you know it, you go, the guy sucks. It's no, it's you suck. You didn't hire the guy for the skill set that he had. You tried changing the skill set. That's why when I say with Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett, I'd like to see him by himself. Give him an opportunity to coach. See what he can do. That's why Mike McCarthy now, he's had to change. You changed Mike McCarthy. The exact thing that I just said, you changed McCarthy. He's not play calling. Kellen Moore's play calling. Kellen Moore is the same offense that was there under Jason Garrett. That's why the team doesn't look any different. Why would you expect... Mike McCarthy to be a better head coach this year. You got the same play caller. You pretty much have the same personnel. CD Lamb's better. Maybe a healthier O line. Dak is the same guy the last four years. And now he's a little banged up in the shoulder. Why do I believe the Cowboys will be better? It's the hype. Your defense still needed nine guys to be replaced on the Defensive side of the 11 starters. You replaced them with one dude from Penn State. Okay. That's going to make me go, well, no, this team's ready to win a Super Bowl. Like I said a couple weeks ago, this team's a 10-7 and team. If that. They're going to score points. By the way, again, I was talking to Krause about hard knocks. I like Dak a lot. A lot. I think Dak Prescott has... A lot of intangibles that I loved. I told you the story. I talked to Dan Mullen a couple months ago, the head coach of the Gators. He was his head coach at Mississippi State. And what they loved about him was when they first saw him coming out of high school, 
they saw him and they were like, this kid's not very good, man. He's not very accurate at all. He's not. They gave him a couple, you know, drills to work on. He came back to the next camp in the fall. They were shocked how big of a leap he made. The strength and conditioning coach went like this to Dan Mullen. You got to sign this guy. Remember something. This guy wasn't getting recruited heavily. Mississippi State, it's not a beacon of quarterbacks, if you get me. And so they decided to give him a scholarship. Freshman year, he was okay. Dan Mullen was not impressed with him. His coaching staff was impressed with a lot of things that people are saying. That guy's a great-looking leader, and he wants to win. This is what I'm getting from Hard Knocks. Sure enough, man, Dan Mullen said from his sophomore year to his final year at Mississippi State, couldn't believe the leaping of talent and understanding of the game that he went through, He, which means he worked at it. He worked at understanding the position. He worked at understanding personnel on his, on his huddle. He worked on all of that. That's why, you know, when, they, when he came out of college, everyone was like this. This guy's like a fourth rounder. I really don't know. Nobody was impressed. Hey, when you're past the third round, nobody's really overly impressed with you. Okay, they made I – and mean, watch this. You're not going to get drafted on intangibles like leadership and good guy. Nobody's going to get drafted on that. You know, if, if it's even, that may play a factor. But the number one thing is, can he play the position? What's his upside? What are the things that are going to make him better? Okay? That's what's going to play into, without a doubt, how you see Dak Prescott as the face of your franchise. I love the guy. And I agree with everybody that is saying things about him. I think the guy has got a lot of intangibles to be a superstar leader. And I think he's – if that football team doesn't have Dak Prescott this year on the field, I will flat out tell you this. There is no question that the Dallas Cowboys will have a, like, 4-13 and record. That team will not win games. They'll be exactly the same way they were last year. All right. I want to get into the Eagles, and I want to get into Nick Sirianni here. Asked again today after the morning session if he was ready to commit on Jalen Ertz being the starting quarterback going into the 2021 season. Still refused to say yes. Is that by design? Okay. Is Joe Flacco going to be the starter there? Absolutely not. But I will say this to you. This is what I'm expecting to see tonight from the quarterback. I want to see consistency and accuracy. I want to see him be accurate. I want to see him being consistent in how he moves the chains, how he handles himself, his leadership role. You're really not going to get a sense. Watch, watch his accuracy. Okay. Does he take off too soon? Is he still too active in the pocket? Is he a guy that on the third read takes off running instead of waiting on the third read? Maybe the back comes out of the backfield. Are everyone else, backs, tight ends, wide receivers, everybody clued in 
on what's going on and what he's expecting of them as they try to move the chains. This is what I would do if I were Nick Sirianni tonight. I would do every single thing in my power to play him at least 20 plays. 20, 25 plays. Because if you're not sold on him, that means he's not your starter. That means you need to see more from him. And for you to be able to throw the keys over to, go ahead, take the car out tonight, guy. Go take the girl out for a date. You need to see a little more, and you need to feel comfortable that he understands exactly what's being asked to him. I think one of the reasons why that they're struggling with that right now, the Eagles, is because they're not real sure on the consistency of how he sees the game right now. I, and, and, and by the way, let me back up on this too, because I heard Lane Kiffin talking about Jalen Hurts earlier today. Great kid. But again, here, here's the stuff that that really almost doesn't matter. Great kid. You know, works hard. Yeah, but these are all givens. Don't tell me about that stuff. Really? How many times do you hear people start out with that? Teammates love them. Here, here are the cliches. Teammates love them. Really works hard. Really wants to be a part of the community. So what, man? That's a given. Those are all non-talented things. Everything I just said there has nothing to do with the skill of the position. Great leader. Works hard. Wants to be part of the community. Those stupid lines you hear always from media people that are honks for the team say that crap. They always say that. I want to hear this. This guy really understands what Sirianni wants to do offensively. You see how accurate he is? You see how he is able to read progressions? You see how he moved the safety over? And he went back to his backside, threw it out to the back. He was wide open. They had one-on-ones everywhere on the field all night. I want to hear that stuff. I don't want to hear, well, he's a great leader. He works hard. Jesus Christ. Give me a break. That stuff is so nauseating. You hear people saying it all. Well, the teammates just love them. Great. So what? Half the team in Green Bay likes Aaron Rodgers, and he's 26 and 6. What's that matter? Brady's the outlier. Everyone loves the guy. And I'm not suggesting that at the end of the day, once you understand the position, that those intangibles are not important. They are. You know, remember something about Peyton Manning? And you know what's always great when you hear people say this? People start comparing Peyton Manning to, like, players like, okay, like Jalen Hurts. Well, Peyton Manning's rookie year. Peyton Manning's rookie year. He threw 28 picks. You think that guy's Peyton Manning? Do you look at... Jalen Hurts, and you, you're you going to compare him to Peyton Manning coming out of Tennessee. Really? I hate that. I'm not comparing that guy to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's problems when he came out didn't understand that you can't throw your offensive lineman under a bus. All right. Another quarterback is struggling. And I'm going to make a comparison to him. I'm going to hit a little bit more upon Dak and Jalen Hurts. And what I want to see a little bit more tonight, especially from the Eagles and especially 
maybe even from the Washington team tonight, too. Also, the Patriots are in the news. Hey, Jason Cole will join us in hour number two, and we're going to go all around the NFL with him as the true first week of exhibition football is underway. Keep it there on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Celio, Jason Cole, Hour 2. all the praise that's coming out of New England. Oh my God, Mac Jones. This guy's the best thing. It's macaroni and cheese. Holy cow, man. I mean, you know, there's two things that are certain in New England. Clam chowder and Mac Jones. You're like, what? 
You remember a couple years ago, and I'll talk more about Mac Jones and why I'm saying this. He's going to be on display tonight. And by the way, that's going to be an interesting team to watch this year in New England. You know, I, I think it's interesting that if you remember a couple years ago, remember when Belichick gave Brady a game ball? It was almost like this. Yeah, um, Tom, um, yeah, you know, we just want to tell you that you're really great. We love you. Here is a game ball. It was almost like the organization for all those decades had a problem complimenting Brady. I mean, everything was awkward. Every single time that the New England Patriots were trying to honor Brady, you know who was great at it was Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft was the only guy that, you know, came out and basically said Tom Brady could call his putt if he want, which meant he's going to be able to leave or stay if he wants. Brady could have stayed and retired a New England Patriot. He could have played on that franchise as long as he wanted. Get this, he didn't want to anymore. He, he didn't want to be there anymore. It's like not wanting to be with a particular girl or guy. You just basically put your hand up and go, I'm out. You know, you can you can love somebody, but then you work it, you got to work at relationships. Belichick and the Patriots, not really craft too. Hey, and by the way, you know, I said all those things about Mike McCarthy not being in charge of the Cowboys. Here's the collateral damage to this, though. Because Belichick was in control of everything. He set the tone for everything. So everything in that locker room, including the callousness and the coldness and the relationships that were never beyond I like you instead of I love you, that's exactly kind of the collateral damage. And for the record, though, it produces winning that way. Jimmy Johnson never fell in love with players. There's guys that played at Miami and truly – Get this, I was one of his favorite players of all time. He still cut me. I held it against him for 10 years. He still cut me. That was never going to get in the way. And that's kind of how you have to run your business. And again, when, when you've got an organization that's run by a guy like Bill Belichick, you're going to run into that where, get this, not everything's going to seem cool. And there's no doubt that the relationship with Brady and Belichick personally wasn't cool. Now, some would say this. Who cares about that? I just got through saying about all the intangible. I love you. And this, yeah, right. Right. But then when you come out and you start doing this, oh, my God, Mac Jones is this and Cam's the captain. And it just sounds phony. New England's got a little bit of phoniness around it right now. Oh, my God, Mac Jones, man. This guy's got to be. This guy's going to be the next coming of Brady. He is without a doubt. He, and you're like, has he played an exhibition game? Oh, that's right. It's tonight. Damn, dog. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get him under center first. Can he take snaps? You know, when he was at Bama, this guy was in shotgun half the time. Half the time. Most of the time. Can he take an NFL snap? Yeah, we'll see. Now, look, a quarterback like that, you know what? You know. You, you, I'll, I'll talk more about Mac Jones in a minute because I want to get to uh, Zach Wilson, the kid that the Jets took at number two, and he's had a rough go of it. But then again, it's the Jets. And get this, Saley, the new head coach, he, you know, he's like, you know, we haven't had a fight here. Some of these coaches, like the rock, paper, scissors thing, and 
Dan Campbell up in Detroit, the WWE wrestling coach. Oh, wait, no, he's the Lions coach. Excuse me. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to chew kneecaps and, you know, we're going to be like, you know, Tanya Harding of football and we're going to just take Nancy Kerrigan knees out. You know, like, dude, nobody really respects that stuff. Don't think that that's winning your guys over. We're going to eat kneecaps and, you know, we're going to be like a pirate on a ship. Sound like John Gruden, I'm sorry, because that's dorky too. When you're getting a paycheck every Tuesday, you don't need to rock me speeches. That paycheck every Tuesday motivates me. If I want to keep seeing them coming, I don't need you going, hey, let's win one for the Kipper. Let's go out and win one for Philly. Hey, man, I'm winning for my family, and I want to get those $150,000 checks every Tuesday. <laughs> That's more important to me than anything you're talking to me about right now. So you got to talk to players in reality. And, and Robert Saley, the new head coach of the Jets, is doing this. Yeah, you know, we haven't had a fight in camp. It's a shot at the Giants because the Giants had a fight last week. And I guess Daniel Jones got a little banged up in the fight, and he was at the bottom, and no one protected him, and everyone was kicking him in the head. <laughs> hey, I actually like that in a way. It just shows you the quarterback in that building is not with a lot of respect. You don't have one guy in that building protecting him, and he's getting his ass kicked at the bottom of a pile? Not even your old line anywhere? Where's your old line? Holy cow, man. <laughs> I was like, really? Jesus. Remember, remember when you saw Pouncey and that quarterback in Pittsburgh? He got hit with a helmet by Miles Garrett. Pouncey went right after his ass. You ain't doing that to my guy. That's the kind of old line you want. Not to have a fight in your camp, really? You're around there for two and a half months, and you're not getting into one fight. I'll tell you this about the Jets. They don't have fight. That's why the Jets are that way. I'm not saying you have to go out and have hands being thrown every practice. That's not what I'm looking at because it's a waste of time. But you don't have any confrontations at all. Hey, guys, let's, you know, everybody respects one another here. <laughs> okay, if that's how you want to look at it. I think it's soft. Oh, you're just a meathead. No, got to have some fight in you, dog. I want to see some fight in you. And we'll break it up, man. We, we, you know what? We're competing against one another. That's respect enough. You don't have to add that media script stuff that people are sitting on the side going, well, this team looks like they have a lot of fight in it. How the hell would you know, dog, sitting around writing about football teams your whole life? You might as well be writing about fairy tales. Well, when I was younger, I wished that I had played, and but I can't, so now I write stupid stories for the Philadelphia Inquirer, making stories up that this guy sucks. Who are you again? I forget. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're from Fantasy Island. Give me a break. Half these writers that cover these teams are from Fantasy Island. Well, I read this into this. Well, now you're a psychologist? Why don't you stick to the job you don't do well, and that's like covering the team. So, Zach Wilson, though, with the Jets, you know, he's like, yeah, man, I've had some issues and I'm all over the place. And it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. When you get a pro football playbook for the first time, and then I'm going to tell you this, man. Okay, so my first practice with the Buccaneers. Now, you got to remember something about my situation. My situa situation was really weird. Okay? Real quick. I was a Miami Hurricane on Friday. 
there was a supplemental draft on Saturday. I was supposed to play in the Gator game on Saturday in 87. I played against the Chicago Bears Sunday. I had no anything. Here's the playbook. And I actually played in that Bears game. <laughs> Line up here. We're here. <laughs> That's what I was asking on the field. Where? Three technique or one technique? Two technique. Shade. One. What? Boom. Run me over. So he's saying that it's overwhelming. You're damn right it's overwhelming. Those football plays, man, when they come at you, here, here's what it is. When you get that playbook for the first time, I don't care how much studying you do. This is where I'm going to be a little bit on the kid's side here, especially at that position. Remember yesterday I was telling you, you have to know pretty much every damn position on the field when you're a quarterback in today's game, especially when you're going against complex defenses. I get my playbook, man. And before you know it, I'm in a game. Here, here's my first 20 plays against the Chicago Bears and Walter Payton. I'm in the game. I put my hands on Loudermilk, and he runs down the line of scrimmage, and I'm like this. Okay, well, I think he scooped me. Okay, next, I'm like, damn, did I, was I supposed to be in a one or plays off? Shit, there's two, there's two minuses. Okay, zero technique four. Where do I line up? Where do I line up? Okay, over behind. I'm late. Boom, blocked again. Three plays. These are within a matter of 20. These are a matter of probably within 40 seconds. Three plays, I got three minuses. Damn, all right. Let me get, let me get, let me back up off the ball. Boom, hike. Five plays. Before you know it, you got five minuses in a row. You don't know what you're doing, and you look it. You look slow because you're not sure, and everyone's laughing at you out there. <laughs> hey, I played against this one guy. He started doing head fakes on me. I'd never seen a head fake before from a center. This guy was like pass rushing me, and he had the ball in his hand. Ray Donaldson, one of the greatest players I ever played against. I got his ass next year. I had 10 tackles on him. But the year previous, man, he schooled me like I was a kindergarten kid. Head fake here, head fake there. Boom, he's up on the linebacker. I'm blocked. I'm shaking my head. Comes up to me after the game. And this is going to be the important thing for Zach Wilson. Ray Donaldson comes up to me after the game and he goes, Pretty tough one on that head fake, huh? That's okay. When I first got in the league, I couldn't get the ball back to the quarterback, and I was getting killed. Just relax. It'll come to you. Just do a lot of studying, and it'll come to you. This is a game of technique. Everybody's here strong. This guy benched 552 like I did. So I didn't have him in strength. We, we, we just had to play against one, right? I mean, I was faster than him, barely. He was 6'5", I'm 6'1 and a half. I mean, this guy had everything on me almost. So it wasn't going to be a physical advantage. It had to be a mental advantage. That's my point when you play that position. See, Zach Wilson at BYU, this guy struggles against Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina last year threw complex defenses at him, and it confused him. He threw three picks in that game. And I came away going like this. Okay, well, you're going to see more complex defenses, especially in that AFC East when you're talking about Sean McDermott's bills and you're talking about 
Brian Flores' Dolphins. Of course, you're talking to Patriots, too. That's a pretty good coach division there, especially with defensive-minded guys. You know, Brian Flores is a defensive-minded type of dude. And he's going to put schemes together that are going to confuse that kid big time. Same thing when you got going on up with McDermott. McDermott's got great defensive-minded guys up there. He's more of an offensive-minded dude, but that defense is good. They can play. So I heard that, and then the first thing you hear, this guy's struggling, and he's – it's okay. It's okay to struggle like that. The big issue is going to be get him in the game, get him as many reps as you possibly can. And I would even do this if I was Robert Saley, the head coach of the Jets. I'd say this. He's my starter. Who else are you going to put out there? Who else are you going to sell to your fans that you're trying to win, what, five games with that roster? I would much rather go. Wouldn't you? Watch this. I would much rather go to eight home games with Zach Wilson in as a starting quarterback than I would to have him put some other stiff in there to try to win five games. I watch it on TV. It's the same thing in Philly. You think people in Philly are going to go watch Joe Flacco play and not be doing this? What are you doing? What are you? If you see Joe Flacco at any time this year, The Jalen Hurts experiment is over. Is over. I don't care to see that. I drafted that guy in the second spot to be a gap. Do you know that Jalen Hurts can probably right now solidify a spot on that roster and make Howie Roseman look like a superstar if he just does this? If he goes out there and does this, Say this guy goes out and he's nine and eight. You're still going to want to upgrade the position. But if Earth, but if Jalen wins nine games, that's a grand slam. You got a guy in your roster that you can keep there on that rookie contract until it expires and you have to move him. You move him for a commodity. Jalen Hurts is not going to be the face of that team. What he's going to do, though, is he's going to settle the waters. And I'm just saying this to you right now. I know there's a lot of optimism by some in Philly. That football team wins five games. I'll be stunned. That's a five-win football team, five or six at best. And the only reason, how about this? If the Eagles were in the NFC West, you'd win four games this year. You'd win four games. And I don't think the NFC East is going to be as bad as it was a year ago. So there's an upgrade there. Ron Rivera is going to have a better football team. He's got a better quarterback now. Alex Smith was fine, but Alex Smith couldn't be relied on because of his injuries. Remember, Alex Smith was 5-1 and one last year. Pretty good. Okay? He just couldn't be relied on. So now you got a guy in there that can win ball games for you. And as long as you can run the ball in Washington, your defense is good. You're going to win ball games in Washington, 20 to 17, 28, 7, 28, 17, 28, 20. That's how you're going to win games. 
That kid Chase Young can play, man. He he's the best defender, in my opinion, in the division. The kid can play. I think Chase Young's the best. I think he's the best position player in the NFC East. That includes Dak too, because I don't consider Dak a top five guy at his position. I I I look at Chase Young and Chase Young can get after folks. Little bit. I'd like to see a little more of him when it comes to handling the run a little bit better, but I didn't think Washington did that bad. Okay, so, yeah, man, I want to see some consistency tonight here. And I want to see some clarity a little bit, too, on decision-making on the field tonight with some of these quarterbacks here. And with Zach Wilson, like I said, if I were the Jets, I'd just slow the game down for him. You know how you slow the game down for him? Pick out about 35 plays that he's really great at and stick with them. You may not – watch this. You may look like a ballet routine after a while. One, two, three, kick. One, two, three, kick. But you're not going to at least put the kid in a position to lose you a game and lose face. And most importantly, you don't want to put the kid in a position where all of a sudden he's massively losing confidence. The biggest issue that you have with players that go to teams that suck, take it from me. I went from the ultimate winning program to an ultimate losing program. That's the bad thing about the NFL draft. Honestly, I went from Jimmy Johnson's Miami Hurricanes to Ray Perkins and the Bucks, And it was, it, it was like nighttime and morning time, completely different daytimes. I could not believe the difference in mentality and winning and losing. And it was everywhere. All the things that we had practiced on being winners, these guys were lazy. These guys didn't run the drills. Before you know it, you know what happens? You get caught up in that laziness. And you know what you end up doing? You end up going like this. Look, why am I doing this? It's a culture you're in. You could be at Alabama. You go to the Jets. <laughs> That's why Mac Jones going to New England. Dude, you couldn't have went to a better place. I'm going to explain to you why that mentality is important on where you get drafted. Mac Jones is getting some, some big-time love, and I want to hit on him. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, 
and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Cilio. Appreciate everybody chiming aboard with us, too. That's a good question, Cody. Who do I have winning the West? Well, I'm going to have the Chiefs, obviously, in the AFC West. The NFC West is the best division in football. It's the best division in football. Um, the easy pick is Seattle. The Rams are an outlier. And like I said to you, too, about the Rams, you know, you brought in Matthew Stafford. There's no more excuses now for for Sean McVay here. Sean McVay sent Jared Goff. By the way, just because I didn't like Jared Goff, I didn't like Jared Goff. Still won an NFC championship. Got a team to a Super Bowl. You know, they they just ran out of gas with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley blew that whole thing up, actually. You know what it really was, the demise of Jared Goff from, in Los Angeles? was the inability to run the ball and protect the quarterback. And him doing the same thing that Carson Wentz did in Philly, holding on to the ball too long. That's what happened to Goff. And before you know it, the head coach. Here's something that you really did observe with Sean McVay, the head coach of the Rams. He lost patience. And he lost what? The most important thing. He he lost respect for Jared Goff as a player. He could tell you all that crap in the offseason. We love Jared Goff. Yeah, that, that's not what your actions showed when you were benching a guy in the postseason and you were talking about some Johnny Nobody guy that you put in because you felt more comfortable that he understood what you were trying to accomplish in the playoffs. That's not what your actions were. So. McVay goes from one in his first year as head coach of the Rams, ranked second 
second year. His third year, they're 11th. They fall off because of what? Gurley, I just told you. Couldn't run the ball effectively. And last year, they were 22nd. What's happened to Sean McVay? Every defensive coordinator is caught up with his playbook. That's why I tell you, these defensive coordinators that are in the game today, dude, they catch you. You may have early success. That's why, how come you always hear this or you see this? Quarterbacks have sophomore slumps. Why? Because you didn't put the work in that you needed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example of that. On what Tom Brady said to another quarterback and how vital it is for your development. Like, watch this. When Jalen Hurts steps on the field tonight, Jalen Hurts better have upped his brain in how he sees the game. The accuracy will come with your knowledge. When you have more knowledge of the game, that's when you're more accurate. The reason he wasn't accurate last year is because he barely knew where to throw the ball. He barely knew who was open. And what was his third option? Taking off running. You're never going to win a football game, and you're never going to win that football game if you don't win games from the pocket. That's what these coordinators all do. And so McVay is out of excuses. McVay's got a he, – he, he brought in Matthew Stafford for a reason. He found the best arm available. You don't think they were kicking tires on Aaron Rodgers when they heard Green Bay was bitching back and forth with the player and the player was back with the organization? You don't think the Rams made a call? Of course they did. Really? You don't think they made a call to Houston? Different conferences? That'd be a nice fit for Deshaun Watson in Los Angeles. But that whole sex scandal stuff popped up, and that probably put the brakes on that. So you know who the third option was? They weren't going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo because Kyle Shanahan is not going to trade within the division. So the only other option was Stafford. New head coach. It was a perfect time. And Chris Spielman goes in there. They got Barry Sanders in the front office. The Fords are all pissed off. They wanted to make a move. Stafford wanted out. It was a perfect jettison move. You really, they weren't going to go for Wentz because Wentz was going through the same things golf was going through. And it was a gigantic contract. Stafford was the perfect dude. Again, Deshaun Watson was probably the dude, but that all got stopped because of that investigation. So here we are. You got Matthew Stafford now, okay? We'll see. We definitely will. We will see. All right. Mac Jones. <laughs> he couldn't have gone to a better place than to New England. Here's why. You go from Bill Belichick. Follow me here. I'm going to give you some insight here why this is so critical. I'm going to give you an example of Kawhi Leonard. So Kawhi Leonard in college had Steve Fisher. Do you guys know who Steve Fisher is? He was the head basketball coach of Michigan. They won a national championship with Glenn Rice. He recruited the Fab Five. 
you know, Jalen Rose and all them dudes, Chris Webber. Didn't win a title, but that was a great culture at Michigan. Michigan basketball, man, was, I mean, Steve Fisher's a great coach. Took over for Bill Frieder. They beat Seton Hall back in the day to win the national title. All, all that being said, okay? So he has, he has Steve Fisher. Steve Fisher goes to San Diego State. San Diego State had won like four games in the previous two years. Steve Fisher goes in there and makes it one of the best basketball programs on the West Coast. So Kawhi's coached by him in college, one of the best college basketball coaches of all time. Then he goes to Greg Popovich. So your coaches are Steve Fisher and Greg Popovich in consecutive order? How could you not learn? And you're around Tim Duncan, you're around Manu Ginobili, you're around Tony Parker, all them guys? Holy crap, man. You couldn't have asked for a better thing. You couldn't have asked to be around a better environment. You go from a winning environment to another winning environment, from one great coach to another great coach. I'm going to expand more on this here, and I'll tell you why this is so critical for Mac Jones. Don't forget also, our friend Jason Cole will join us from Fansided. We will get his thoughts. He's a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. He's an insider. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. We'll continue this conversation. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams 
deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.